Welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down. This is episode 198. We are part of the World Football Index. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Obviously, you know Frank Cravello is in the house. Uh, he's a little bit feeling under the weather tonight, so I'm not going to do this alone, obviously not. I'm going to bring in a, a co-host. Uh, finally, happy to have him on here. Uh, someone who uh, you all should know. If you don't, you're going to know him here in a second. He is a consistent uh, resident in the Who Won Cal Show Twitter nominees. Uh, I, of course, am talking about Mr. Uncle Sharmo. Welcome to the show, sir. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, great honor to be standing in for, for Frank, kind of like um, Krunich is standing in for Frank Kessie. <laughs> there you go. I like it. I like it. Very good. So, uh, most people know who you are, but for those who are living under a rock, uh, could you do you mind just tell us about yourself and tell us about what you got going on here on YouTube? Yeah, man, I'm just uh, yeah. I make interrelated content on YouTube, primarily interrelated. I do try to make some serious stuff here and there as well, um, but yeah, you know, match reactions, match previews, um, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, if you're into fans, you definitely should check me out. But I do promise to make more serious related content as well. So if you're even not into fan, you should check it out. No, no, definitely, definitely for sure. And uh, uh, it's a great channel, fucking great videos, uh, puts great content on on Twitter as well. So must follow, absolutely big fans of yours, 100%. Uh, really popping off really with the content especially on YouTube I mean the video is non-stop I mean you I am jealous of you because you pop out so much content I'm like I can't keep up with man I, I love to do the same amount of videos as you do but I can't man you're this so I'm thankful you guys are you're here for us joining us tonight uh, we got a lot to talk about um, before we get into the games because this weekend was pretty crazy with the score lines and stuff like that a lot of uh, big big scores um, the big news of the week is uh, Sampdoria... No, I'm just kidding, not Sampdoria. Ronaldo. <laughs> Ronaldo leaves Juventus. Uh, we kind of knew this was coming, Uncle Sharma, but uh, yeah, he finally got the word this week that he is going to Manchester United. Uh, and so many Juventus were saying, eh, we don't, we don't need him. Uh, obviously, we'll get into the game later, but uh, your thoughts on Cristiano Ronaldo, what his impact was in the league, and then your thoughts on him leaving. <laughs> Man, his, uh, him leaving is kind of, you know, endemic of what's been happening in the Serie A over this, uh, yeah. over this summer, isn't it? Like everyone's, everyone's left. Your boy uh, left. The two of your boys left. So. The two of my boys left, yeah. yeah. Kimi and Lukaku. Um, but obviously, uh, Gigi Donnarumma, your boy, uh, yeah. left the goal. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> it, looked, it, looked, it looked like, you know, Vlahovic was on his way out, but he looks like at least he's staying. But Rodrigo de Paul left. Um, yeah. That picture, remember that meme, the one that the MVP... Yeah, <laughs> all gone. Everyone, everyone <laughs> Romero's gone. So, oh my goodness! I mean, it's it's just the state of um, the Serie A at the moment. So it wasn't yeah. a surprise, and you know, Ronaldo looked like he had a well. well what did Ibrahimovic used to call it? A belly ache. You know, you could tell <laughs> that he wasn't he wasn't uh, particularly happy at Juve, which you can't blame him for. No, um, no. It's just, you know, a lot of people say he was a failure at Juve, but you know, a lot of people say Juve failed him. I think the truth lies in you know in a little bit in the middle of those. Yeah, but yeah, yeah he's gonna be he's gonna be a big loss to Serie. A. I mean, he, he was the poster boy for Serie. A. Whatever you think about him as a footballer, he brings eyeballs and viewership. So yeah, he's a big loss to Serie. A, man, do you think he his time with Serie a was just up and he was just ready to move on, or you think it had a little bit to do with Allegri and he was maybe unsure of what Allegri would bring to his what he needs to to maximize his potential? 
whatever's happening. No, I think um, <laughs> <laughs> that first, I mean, that, uh, whatever, you know, he was benched in the first game. We don't know if that was Allegri's decision or he yeah. requested it. You know, there was the conflicting uh, yeah. reports on that. But I just think, yeah, I just think regardless of whoever came in, I think he would have. Uh, I think he wanted to leave, and and the fact that he waited so long, I can understand why Juve fans have been so angry at him because they've he's left them in a very you know precarious condition now. They've had to kind of panic by Moise mm, Keenan yeah. and someone else. So we'll see. But yeah, I think he wanted to leave uh, regardless of who came in. You know, he had Sari first, and then you know Pirlo afterwards. This guy was like, I've had enough of this. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 interesting with. Uh... All all the moves that have gone on, the summers have just been... I can't remember a summer this crazy with so many big names moving around. So many head coaches that have changed as well. Uh, you you obviously got Inzaghi now at Inter and, and you know, Sadi and so on. There's so many names that have changed here. Um, it seems, though, like Serie A has not skipped a beat so far. Uh, 3.6 goals average in the first week of the games. This weekend, I think it's somewhere around three goals a game average. Maybe even more now after the Roma and Milan games. Um, it just, you know... The league is continually, continuously underrated. Uh, you know, people were surprised that we were leading the league in goals last week. I'm like, where have you been the last three years? I mean, what do you th- you think it's? So you hear the two stories. One is the league is just really good right now. A lot of talent in here. Obviously, the, the Italian talent is really big because they just won Euros. Mm-hmm. But a lot of talent in here, or is it? You know, the other side where people are saying, well, you know, there's not that great defending, this and that. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, the reason for so many goals in the league the past, you know, two three seasons now? Yeah, as you said, it's been it's been two or three seasons now. Um, yeah. Italy's Serie A has been the top scoring league, I believe, out of the top five leagues. So, I think those stereotypes that people used to use before, like you know, Italian league is defensive, it's you know boring. I think it just it's not really true anymore. It, there are matches where you tune in and you're like, wow, why did I even choose to, you know, spend ninety minutes of my life watching watching this? But most of the time nowadays, um, most of the coaches as well, they're very. Um, attacking, forward-thinking. Most of the teams play out from the back. Um, yes, the defending yeah. quality is definitely not what it used to be as well. That's, that does have a, have a um, definitely an effect on it. And, and I think the newly promoted teams, as we've seen from the scorelines this week as well, they, the quality is just not quite there. So when yeah. the bigger teams play those newly promoted teams, the scorelines are pretty pretty big. So, yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a little bit of a mixture of things, but people definitely are underrating the league in terms of entertainment for sure. Now I think SRL has become the most entertaining league for me in the in the, in, in Europe. And I think a big thing too is that it's still very much a tactical league, right? Uh, we oh, we've yeah. heard many players that come from outside from other leagues coming in. They're like, you know, I was surprised how tactical uh, tactical this league was. Even Lukaku, who who did very well for you guys, uh, he's even mentioned about that. Uh, somebody joked when Ronaldo left that it was it was the defense was too difficult for him and he couldn't get his thirty goals a year, so that's why he left. <laughs> Whatever it is, but uh, it's it's still it still has its roots in tact and tactical and defense, but it, now it's more entertaining, like you said, and it's definitely uh, fun for the neutral to watch and. Uh, uh, you know, let's get into the game this weekend. We'll go run through the scorelines real quick, and then start breaking into. We'll start off with your team, obviously, but uh, we'll go from there. But let's uh, let's look at all the scorelines this uh, this weekend. So first, Udinese three uh, nothing win against Venezia. Uh, Udinese looked very good on the counter in this game. Um, Silvestri had a big save early on on Janssen. Uh, Pusetto had a great goal off the chest in the 29th minute. Um, Venezia not really. They couldn't really do anything really in that first half and, and really all game long. Uh, Silvestri, you know, did have to make a save in the 52nd minute, but um, we saw constant pressure from Udinese. Uh, Pusato had a goal disallowed off sides, but then Delofeo got his goal. Molina got a goal. 3 nothing Udinese there. Uh, 
Was that a surprise for you how big that get that, that win was for Udinese? No, once again, it's the just the the lack of quality from from Venezia is. Uh, you know, I did my in my Serie A predictions. I uh, I pretty I pointed out. I mean, they're they're everyone's uh, new favorite team. Venezia, you know, the the beautiful kid, the marketing, oh, the logo, yeah. everything is like you know, so good. Everyone is the it's the hipster team right now, isn't it? It is. It is. It's everything but the quality on the pitch uh, <laughs> yeah. is, is working for them right now. I mean, everything else they're they're nailing ten out of ten. So yeah, it's it's unfortunate they they can't keep up at the moment. But uh, no. yeah, they, they haven't they haven't bought any Serie A quality as far as I know in terms of any Serie A players they put they. Gambled on a lot of you know Tana Testament from the from from the MLS uh, Busio from the MLS. Yeah, yep. You know, nice, nice, interesting buys, but do, are they actually going to help you stay up? So yeah, I'm I'm worried about them. Uh, you know how how quickly are they going to you know go down uh, this this season? Um, unless you know, I hope they prove me wrong, but I just don't see where any quality or goal are going to come from in their team, or even keep out the goals because. The yeah. only other defender they brought in um, from Serie A was Caldara, but he's not really had the best few seasons, has he? Yeah, yeah, no, no, not that bad. He hasn't been that good, really. Um, you know, Caldara came from Milan. Uh, speaking of Milan, uh, Hellas uh, won. They lost one to three to your boys. Inter uh, a strong start from Hellas getting a goal early on. Obviously, it's the debut of your boy Joaquin Correa came in off the bench, but uh, early on, uh, Handanovic uh, not so great. Bad pass to Brozovic uh, ended up being stolen. Uh, and then Illich with a goal of the week candidate. Nice cheeky flick over the uh, goalkeeper there. One nothing there. You guys are down one nothing at halftime. Uh, but you know Inzaghi, you know with his motivation at, at halftime, I assume uh, comes right away. Uh, Jekko, off, it was a nice set piece play, which we're gonna get to in a second because uh, it was a throw in. Jekko flicks it on Arturo Martinez right there. Boom header gets a nice goal there. Uh, Ten minutes later, you guys did the same thing again, and you nearly scored. Martinez really should have put that one away. Uh, should have been two one at that point, but one one. You're still in the game. Um, and I think, you know, when in the 65th, when Vidal and DeMarco came in, it really changed the game for you guys. Because um, you saw, um, you know, Correa also came in you know, 10 minutes later after that. Um, Correa would get his first goal, 83rd minute through Darmian. Nice cross there, instant impact from him. Uh, and the 94th minute, Barella uh, also getting assist there to Correa. Correa, two goals in his debut there. Uh, you couldn't have been more excited just to uh, to. A great start for for the new man Inzaghi's boy. Uh, what were your thoughts on uh, Correa's debut for this one? Yeah, man, <laughs> dream debut. I mean, he couldn't couldn't have gone any better, and he showed why Inzaghi wanted him so bad. And I I was pushing for for Correa as well because I, I was like, you know, Inzaghi, you took Lukaku from him, you took Hakimi from him, um, you know, all this turmoil around the club. Give him at least one guy that he wants, and he wanted uh, Correa, and Tuku Correa showed why. Um, actually showed more than like you know this is more than he's ever shown before in terms yeah. of that he-, he hasn't scored a header actually since 2017 um, even though he's almost as tall as me he's, uh, he's like 187 centimeters yeah like, no he's, he's good good height yeah but he, he hasn't scored a header since uh, 2017 um, and that header I mean Henan Crespo you know Oliver Bierhoff they would have been proud of that that type yeah. of uh, that type of header because that was not an easy header because Damian it was a good cross but it was it was very floated there was no power on it and he just uh, yeah got the direction on it got the power on it but the second one I was I really enjoyed that second one because that yeah. one is just one of those goals that this team lacks like just out of something out of nothing you know just on the edge of the box sweeps it onto his left foot pow into the bottom corner it reminded me a bit of like Luis Muriel you know those just kind of those uh, those yeah. hits out of nothing. 
And well, that celebration, man, is already iconic. <laughs> I knew you'd like that one. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great, way, great debut for for Joaquin Correa. And we'll get more into Inter here in a little bit. Uh, you mentioned Luis Muriel. Atalanta were hosting Bologna. Atalanta didn't show up. Bologna, they played very well defensively. 0-0. Zero, zero. Um, you know, we had some opportunities from, you know, Atalanta, both from Elanovsky and Ilicic and Skorupski coming up big against Gosens in the game. But uh, nonetheless, Bologna... Uh, played some great defense, I guess. Uh, zero zero, you know, uh, tough game. A game we thought maybe a lot of goals would come in, uh, but Atalanta being held back zero. Are you shocked that uh, Bologna could hold back Atalanta uh, in the way that they did? Yeah, because <laughs> under, under, Mih- yeah. <laughs> under Mihailovic, uh, you know, Bologna are far from a solid team. You know, last season they conceded. I think. They were one of the worst teams in terms of goals conceded. And this season, they started off really yeah. bad, you know, in that Coppa Italia match where they, con- <sighs> did they conceded five against Ternana. Five, uh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was such an awful start. And then last, last match, they um, they conceded two. Um, so you think, you know, Atalanta, the top-scoring teams from the past two seasons in Serie A, you know, um, should be able to score a few past them. But they didn't, yeah. It's nil-nil, a completely un- uh, unexpected result. But... Yeah, Atalanta looking a little bit clunky at the start of uh, start of the season. They didn't look great against Torino either. No, but um, usually under Gasperini, you know, last year they started really well. But usually the kind of slow starters. Mm. So I'm not gonna, you know, put any doubts over them yet. But you know, it's not looking great at the moment for Atalanta. It isn't. It isn't. Uh, and uh, a team that is looking great, surprise, maybe surprising a lot of people. Uh, certainly me. Uh, it's Lazio six one win over Spezia. Uh, huge game by them. Uh, goal scoring actually started in the fourth minute. Verde, of all people, for Spezia, they take the lead 1-0. We're thinking, oh, maybe here's another shot coming along. But just a minute later, Chiru Immobile, nice chip, similar to Illich, goal of the week candidate uh, just a minute later. And then in the 15th, Felipe Anderson, he finds Luis Alberto, who taps to Immobile. He gets his brace, two goals in 15 minutes. Um, he would get a penalty opportunity to make it a hat trick. It gets saved, surprisingly, but... Off that corner kick, he gets a header of a goal. Got another guy who doesn't get many header goals. Uh, Immobile, a hat-trick in the first half. Uh, 3-1. Goal scoring would not stop. Uh, Felipe Anderson in the 47th. Um, there was a red card in the game. Adu gets, uh, in the 54th got a straight red. Do you think that was harsh or do you think that was uh, justified? It, it looked a little bit harsh to me. It looked a little bit yeah. harsh. But, I am with you. Know. I can see. I can see what they gave. It looked like he was last man, but it looked like it didn't look yeah. like a clear goal-scoring opportunity. Yeah, no, no, I agree with you. I, th- I didn't think it was clear, clear goal-scoring opportunity, like you said. I think it was they're fairly level, and I mean, I get it, I guess, but it's it's a harsh. I mean, your team's already getting pummeled at that point. Yeah, you know? that doesn't help at anything, right? So, poor Thiago um, Motta, man. <laughs> yeah, poor Thiago Motta. He'd be the first one I to remember, go. I, think. I remember when you made the video of him uh, for him uh, a few, was it like last season or the season before? When he Anytime <laughs> I make a video about somebody, they get fired. So, you know, I should just stop. The curse. <laughs> the curse, yes. The Richard kiss of death. That's right. That's right. Uh, so, speaking of kiss of death, 70th minute, Luis Alberto finds Husay. Husay gets a goal two games into his, into his start for Lazio. Uh, and then in the 85th, uh, to cap it all off, Luis Alberto gets his goal. One goal, three assists. Uh, man of the match performance for you? I know Immobile had three goals, but uh, Luis Alberto pulling strings all over the pitch here. Yeah, man. I think he has to be MVP of the week, probably. You know, three assists and a goal. That's uh, yeah. so, so it's very impressive. And yeah, I think uh, as uh, the comments are saying, I think Luis Alberto on the salary is going to be something uh, something really interesting to watch. I mean, not, not as if he's not been great anyway. But <laughs> yeah, 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 right. He's going to... I think he's going to be really, really interesting. 
No, no, and I think Immobile is going to strive uh, under uh, Sadi as well. People weren't sure if he was going to be able to adapt to the system. I mean, he's already got, what, four goals ready to start the season? I mean, he's off to mm-hmm. a flying start, so uh, it's not phasing him what, one bit so ever. And, uh, you know, SMS is going to do his thing as well. So look for uh, Felipe Anderson, I think, is going to be a surprise signing for them. He's He started out well. Can he keep it up all season long? Uh, to be determined, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great start for Sadi's team nonetheless. Uh, Fiorentina... 2-1 victories over Torino. Uh, Casarevilli finds new boy Nico Gonzalez. He gets his Serie account open. 1-0 Fiorentina going into halftime. Uh, coming out of the break, 69th minute, Duncan steals the ball, finds Boaventura, who crosses to your boy Vlahovic. Uh, gets a nice heading goal, 2-0 at that point. Looks like they're going to run away with this. Verdi would get a constellation goal in the 89th minute, but uh, nice victory for Fiorentina overall in this one. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I didn't actually watch this this much. I just watched the the highlights. Um, but yeah, no, Fiorentina looking uh, against even against Roma, even though they lost, uh, they looked they yeah. looked quite good. They looked better actually when they were in ten men than uh, than when they were it's in. It's funny uh, how that men. happens, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm actually one. It's definitely one of the teams I'm going to look out for the most this season. Fiorentina under Italiano because he was he did really really well at Spezia last year, and yeah, the type of football that he wants to play. And it looks yeah. like they've finally got a project going now. Fiorentina, yes, they've finally. been kind of, you know, they've had the interesting squad and interesting players, but they never seem to have the right coach. They always, you know, end up with Iacchini or, you know, Prandelli there. So it's never, it's always been like, yeah, I might tune in, but I'm not expecting much. But this year, I'm going to definitely tune in and I know I can expect a good match um, and a lot of goals in, in, the, in the matches. And yeah, Vlahovic uh, underway once again. I think he's going to prove people who think he's a one-season wonder wrong. Yeah, no, no, I, I think so. And he's uh, hopefully he gets a lot of goals this year because that's what, what you want to see. You want to see a guy that consistently scores goals and then makes a big move to a team and continues that, right? So uh, we'll see. Hopefully he trends, continues to trend upwards. Um, you know, both Frank and I, I think we're, we're, we're riding high on Fiorentina this year. We think that they can even make that mid, mid-table push. You know, they've been struggling towards the bottom half of the table. They may not get your Europa League spot or, or Conference League, whatever that new, new league's called. But uh, they'll be in the mix for sure, I think. And, you know, if they finish top 10, I think that's a great season for them. So um, we're speaking of Fiorentina. Let's talk about their rivals. Uh, Juventus, uh, Sans, Cristiano Ronaldo. Like I said, when, when he left, people said, don't worry about it. We're not, it's not a big deal. Um, Maybe it's a bigger deal than we thought. Uh, they lose, they lose one nothing to Empoli. Uh, Empoli, uh, they really put on the pressure in this one. Vicario, uh, he came up big in this game. He had two, two at least two saves, maybe three saves on Chiesa in this game. He had a, a bunch of other saves. Uh, Mancuso would get the goal scoring started and the only goal really in the twenty first minute. Uh, and you would think when Empoli scores that goal that they would maybe get on the back foot. No, they kept coming at Juventus. Uh, Juventus had their opportunities, but uh, you know. Man of the match, in my opinion, Vicario, big save after big save. Empoli, big shock win uh, over Juventus. Um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how shocked were you with this result? Yeah, I was I was actually quite shocked because yeah. in my uh, Serie A fantasy team, I put I was I went quite Juve heavy because I thought, you know, Ronaldo's left and they're going to try to prove that, you know, we don't need him and, they're gonna, you know, Dybala's going to take the, he's going to have the captain's armband, he's going to step up and, you know, He's going to show that, you know, we don't need the CR7. Um, but no, <laughs> yeah. So on a scale of 1 to 10, I would say probably a 9. <laughs> I was uh, I was pretty uh, pretty damn shocked, but quite happy as an Inter fan seeing that, seeing that unfold. Um, but it's just unexpected in terms of, because it's Allegri, you know, you'd expect it on yeah. the Pirlo last season. I wouldn't have been shocked on the Pirlo because they just looked disorganized. But the, the fact that it looked so disorganized under Allegri, who is known for his, you know, 
pragmatism and being organized and it's, it was just it was quite shocking like the way that especially the how some of the players were out of position you know McKenney was playing as a as a CAM slash left winger like it was kind of a weird hybrid role yeah um yeah. You know, there was a Danilo playing as the regista. It was, it was, it was really, really odd. I mean, Allegri is known to do that in the past as well. I think you know, as a Milan fan, like he used to, yeah. he used to play uh, Urbi and Manuelson as a as a as a trequartista as well. I don't think. remind me, don't remind me, banter era. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talk about how Juve lost their CR7 Cristiano Ronaldo. I'm going to get flack for this, but our Cristiano Ronaldo, Frank Cravello, is in the chat, and he says, uh, I'm laying on the couch with an ice pack over my eye, watching you guys, making sure standards are maintained. Obviously, the standard's down now because I just called him Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> Sorry, Frank. Hope you're getting better there. I called him Frank Castelli, and now you're calling him Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> uh, we're just dropping. We're, this, this podcast is going out of control now. <laughs> uh, moving on to today's games, uh, Genoa hosting Napoli, and uh, Napoli eke out a 2-1 victory. This is a game that Genoa hung tight uh, all throughout the game. Fabian had a f- goal of the week candidate in the 40th minute, uh, but Nap- Genoa continued to make it difficult for Napoli throughout the match. Goran Pandev would score a goal off a Marat blunder in the 54th, but VAR deemed it was a foul and no goal. Was that a goal for you? Yeah, that looked that looked pretty soft because he's the one who jumped into the guy. He's the one, he's the one who need who need him. So yeah, you know, keepers being overprotected once again. <laughs> Frank says, "Damn you!" <laughs> oh my god. Yes, we're Frankless tonight. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I thought if I can, it's a tough call. I thought it was soft too. I think if the the, the attacker had been attacking the ball, it would maybe counted. But I think because his back was turned, I don't know. It's a weak call nonetheless. Uh, but I think karma was on the side of Genoa because in the 69th minute, uh, Andrea Cambiasso, the Genoa native, gets a goal, makes it one-one, and we got a game. Game on! All of a sudden here, uh, looks like Genoa may be able to pull one off. That the momentum was really swinging their way. Um, Napoli kept trying, kept trying. Koulibaly at one point tried to take the game over on his own, 79th. He came really close on a long-distance shot. Um, it's funny because uh, Interwell Wide is in the in the chat right now, and he said, uh, to, uh, our friend Anthony said, uh, you know, hey, this is exactly what Spalletti did at, under Inter. They're going to get an 85th-minute game, uh, 85th game winner from uh, from someone. And, of course, it was Andrea Petagna, pies for everyone. Uh, the big man, before he makes his move to Sampdoria, scores against uh, hated Genoa 2-1. Napoli, you know, walk away with a win there. Luckily, there um, was it an impressive win or a win that you thought maybe was a little shaky for uh, for uh, Spalletti's men. No, yeah, it was a little bit shaky because uh, it's the same as the Venezia win. I mean, it wasn't particularly convincing. No, but they were they were the better team on the day. Like, there's no there's no doubts that they deserved the win. But it wasn't smooth or you know free flowing football. Um, obviously, they were missing uh, Osimhen and uh, Zielinski, so. You know, it was it was a little bit expected. You know, playing in senior as a false nine, I don't think that's ever going to be his permanent position. Uh, no, no, anywhere. But you know, this is Spalletti, though. You shouldn't expect uh, if it's going to be the Spalletti that we had at Inter. It, it was never free flowing football at any point at Inter. No. But he seemed to get the job done. So as long as you know he manages to get them into top four, I think Napoli fans will be will be over the moon. And that's going to be tricky this year. There's so many good teams. Um... Oh. So far, and then that's not even including Juventus, you know. And so there's at least five good teams at the moment. 
uh, possibly six or seven. So, I mean, this is going to be a tough year. And if they get into, if he gets them in the Champions League this year, that's going to be, you know, manage the year type type work there for Spalletti. I mean, the team, the team is obviously talented enough. It's can, can he get them over the edge? Obviously, it's an improvement from Gattuso, at least from on a paper. Yeah. Will, will it result in that? That's the main question. And uh, as Hamza says, you know, uh, Fabian Ruiz and Politano really showed up today. They did. I thought they were both uh, superb in their game. And a big reason why Napoli uh, pulled this one out in this one. So uh, nice one there. A game that's not, not so nice. Sassuolo Sampdoria finished 0-0. Uh, pretty even game, really. Uh, you saw ebbs and flows of this game where one team would dominate over the other. Kept going back and forth. Some decent saves in this one. Uh, and 0-0. Not much to talk on that one, really, unless there's something you want to talk about real quick before we move on. No, just, uh, you know, Dionisi this season, I'm, I'm watching to see, you know, what does, what difference does he bring to Sassuolo? It was the derby, yeah. you know, you know the derby is quite highly rated. I, I quite yeah. like the derby and you see him, like, doing already well at Shakhtar. But, you know, you want to see how much did he actually bring. Is If Dionisi can manage to do a similar job. It probably was just a squad more than the derby. But, yeah, it seems like he's bringing a similar type of football because they, I looked at the stats and they had 65% possession over Sampdoria. So, I think he's still trying to maintain that possession-based football. So, interesting uh, team to watch. And I was disappointed to see Boga not involved in any in goal <sighs> I know. scoring. I know. And, and uh, Hamza says, you know, Sassuolo missed so many chances. They did. I think Sampdoria did too. I think Sampdoria looks very good so far with Diversa. Uh, surprising for me. I wasn't sure how he would fit under Sampdoria. They've obviously struggled. Not under Ranieri, but, you know, previously they were, they were you know, up and down. Um, but it's a great start for Sampdoria. They made a tough, tough loss to Milan the week before. And this game they played very a, a Sassuolo team that's very entertaining last year. Um, they played them very tough, had their opportunities. Um, Sampdoria, I think, has a chance to uh, make some waves this year, I think, surprising a lot of folks. Uh, Frank says, uh, thanks for the Spotted Cow reference. So there you go. He's forgiving me for the CR7 comment there, so thank you, Frank. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get into Salernitana Roma 4 nothing. Roma just walk away. Uh, victors uh, 21st minute Mkhitaryan he nearly found Abraham Abraham nearly got his goal scoring account open for Roma but it would have to wait uh, first half Salernitana really parking the bus very Mourinho-esque right uh, really not letting Roma get anything going but uh, halftime came Mourinho must have said something sparked the boys because right out of the gate uh, Pellegrini got a goal nice goal uh, right like two minutes into the second half uh, 52nd minute Vera 2 nice team goal goal of the week candidate there uh, by them, 69th, Tammy Abraham gets his goal, uh, wonderfully taken there, another goal of the week candidate, and then 79th, Verda 2 wrapping it up, 4 nothing victory, Roma, Salernitana, same thing like Venezia, they, uh, the new boys are struggling, and uh, Roma has been clinical in this game. Yeah, I mean, the first half, as you said, it was, they parked the bus literally, like, they parked uh, the whole stadium, because it was 85% possession for, for Roma in the first half, so... It just shows like what we're talking about in terms of the lack of quality from these yeah. newly promoted teams. Yeah. I mean, Empoli, credit to them. I think Andrea Zoli is going to prove to be the difference between them and the other promoted teams. I think just the quality of his coaching, you know, last time around. Yeah. He almost got, you know, I don't want to talk about that match against Inter because it still brings me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, everyone knows that Empoli team with the ones with them. Um, you know, Krunic, Benacer, uh, Caputo, Di Lorenzo. It was a quite a talented oh, yeah. uh, Empoli team. And, you know, they played some nice football and they almost stayed up. Um, I don't see Empoli having that same um, talent this this time around. But I think right. his coaching, I think, is going to get them extra points like they got against Juve. Whereas today, Castori, the Salernitana coach, he just, 
you know, tried to play anti-football, you know, he just tried to stop uh, Roman from playing. And then, yeah, it didn't even work. So in the end, he conceded four goals. So yeah. Um, yeah, there's not much you can do when you've got, you know, Bonazzoli up front. Uh, they've tried to bring in Simi, but, you know, again... Too late. It's too late. Yeah, it's, you, the quality, you need quality in midfield and you need to get the ball to these guys. You need the defenders to be better as well. Like, you can't just bring in a striker hoping he's going to save you. Um, so, yeah, not very impressed by Salernitana at all. So I hope um, they do better in the coming weeks. Um, yeah. But yeah, Roma, some of the goals today, as you said, it's really, really nice. Like the team play, um, that very two, that very two one, the first one that was so, so yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Tammy's really impressing, man. He's he's doing really good. Like I expected him to do well just because, you know, the, the physicality that usually these Premier League players bring to Serie A usually yeah. is like almost guaranteed success as we've seen uh, with some of the boys uh, Conte brought in for Inter. Um, but yeah, very impressive. And Roma, yeah, looking good, man. They're looking that that goal reminded me of, uh, um, sorry, um, Richard, but you know, the goal in the 4 0 derby that Inter won against the uh, AC Milan in under uh, Mourinho. I think I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Thiago Motta goal, the free flowing move. Yeah, yo, no, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So. It, was, it was definitely uh, shades of that for sure. That was a beautiful play. And Roma, we'll see, we'll see how all these big boys do when they play other big boys. But uh, yeah, Roma. Very clinical today, very much on fire, as uh, United Biggie says, uh, hey, Lisi's in the house. He says, hey, boys, just checking in to say hi. Hey, how you doing? Uh, let's see. So uh, moving on to the last game of the of the roundup, uh, Milan hosting Cagliari. Um, this is a game that maybe Cagliari should have played defensively, kind of like Salernitana, because whatever they tried <laughs> didn't work either. Uh, eighth minute, Giroud would set up Liao. Liao, his shot would block last minute, and it looked like maybe Cagliari is going to be into this game. Um 10th minute, Godin, he would take down Salamakers. That proved important because that led to a free kick in uh, Sandro Tonali. He's known for his free kicks. Hasn't got his opportunities in Milan, but he, he paid off a goal of the week cannon in this one. Beautiful goal there taken. That lead didn't last that long. Uh, 15th minute, uh, Deola gets an equalizer off a wonderful pass by João Pedro. Uh, found, him, found, him, found him brilliantly. Got the header past the goalkeeper. 1-1. We got a game. Uh, two minutes later, score changed. Layout shoots it, deflects off Brahim Diaz. 2-1. Goals is coming left and right. Just seven minutes later, in the 24th, Diaz finds Giroud with a beautiful goal, a goal past the keeper, a goal of the week candidate there. Uh, and then uh, to round things out for Milan in the 41st, Strutman gets a handball in the box. The penalty leads to Giroud getting his brace. 4-1, Milan uh, kind of took the, the gas off the pedal in that second half, but uh, they 4-1 victory. Big, big victory for them. Uh, they look like they're very much uh, in the mood this season to uh, play with some of the other teams that are uh, Scudetto contenders. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Milan... Uh... Just they just keep going, man. On paper, whenever I look at the Milan team, I just it doesn't look great. But then, shout out to Pioli, man. He just keeps this Milan train just keeps going on and on. Like it's it's, it's very impressive what he's doing with this uh, with this team. Very, you know, limited budget, you know, limited wage budget as well. Like it's just very impressive what he's doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, Brahim Diaz looks like he's taken on that ten role really well from from Akan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that comment. <laughs> All of a sudden, the free kicks are starting to go in. I mean, the the keeper should have saved that free kick, and I think uh, I, I saw um, apparently that free kick should have been called off because the Milan players weren't two yards from the from the wall, so technically it shouldn't have stood. That's why João Pedro was a. Uh, why Joao Pedro was so mad, but apart from that, they they they, they were killing Cagliari. Like Godin yeah. had to make some goal line clearances. Oh yeah, as well. 
A very strong performance from Milan. So let's let's get a little bit deeper in some of these games. Obviously, let's start with Inter. Uh, you guys went down early. Goal, goal scored uh, early for uh, for Hellas. It put you on the back foot. Were you at all worried going into halftime? Seemed like Hellas, a team with uh, coached by EDF, you wouldn't expect to make a, a lot of waves this season on the way EDF has managed the last several teams that he's played with or managed. Uh, but down one nothing at halftime, you had to be a little bit worried there that your team wasn't playing the way it should have been, at least the way you expected going into this game. Yeah, I was surprised by Hellas in terms of um, I expected, you know, the different Cesco attacks to hit, you know, I didn't expect them to be that good. But you see, it seemed like we were playing Juric's Verona, to be honest. They were the exact same yeah. formation, yep. same style, very aggressive, very physical. They didn't let us play. They were like man for man marking, pressing really well. And yeah, they got the goal of really good pressing. Well, they got the goal of Handanovic being, you know, very... Uh, uh, yeah, just being Handanovic, <laughs> but um, I don't. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't phased though, because at halftime I was. I was pretty confident. It just that's the thing now. Yeah, we've yeah. lost Lukaku. We lost Hakimi, but we've actually added a lot of depth to this team. We've added, you know, there's there's two or three options for each position, and yeah, as you said earlier, you know, bringing on Tuchel Correa, you can bring on, you know, Sainz. You can bring on Vidal. Um, you can bring there's so there's so many different options you can bring off the bench. Uh, so. And Inzaghi, unlike Conte, is happy to actually sub people because with Conte, we knew this guy, <laughs> he would wait until the 70th, 75th minute to make the exact same subs, which would be the, you would just change the wing backs and that's it, continue doing the same exact thing. But with Inzaghi, he changed the formation, he changed players, you know, he's not scared, he's not phased to do that. So, yeah, I, I had confidence, uh, but I wasn't expecting that kind of impact from Tuku. <laughs> so, let, let's talk about... Uh, two players. First, let's talk about Handanovic. Uh, obviously, he's done fabulous things through his career for for Inter, but it's probably time to move on. I know you guys brought in Alex Cordaz. Uh, he's not really necessarily the answer. And I mean, maybe you think he is. I don't know. Uh, what do you think Inter try to make a move for a goalkeeper here at the end of the window? Uh, there's still time. Uh, where? What are your thoughts on Handanovic? Can he be the keeper? Obviously, you guys won last year, but is it time to try to find someone to replace him? Or what are your thoughts on Handanovic? Yeah, we have to, bro. It's time. It's time for him to, it's time for him to go. Um, you know, as Claude from Arsenal Fan TV, he says, time to go. Um, but it was, it was even last season. I mean, I know last year he got, you know, the most clean sheets. But yeah, yeah. I would say that's more thanks to the defense rather than him and himself. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, um, I, mean, I agree with that. And there was a, there was a few matches where, you know, we... we you know, he conceded some really silly goals, um, very poor goals, uh, where you just see, like, it's almost it's a, it's a physical decline as well. You know, usually keepers manage to maintain a you know their peak is a lot longer than most outfield players. Yeah, but with Hernanovic, yeah. there seems to be a drop in you know reaction time and reflexes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he he was always known to be you know doing that mannequin challenge type thing where he just watches, <laughs> yeah. where he just watches the ball go past. Yep. Um, but it's getting it's getting quite bad now. And and, you, and now this last mistake against Verona, this was the one thing that he's actually really good at now which he improved over the years which is with his feet um he's really good with his feet now um but yeah that was just a very silly mistake so we can you know that's a f- passing mistake so we can let let him off for that but in general i'm still not very confident to have him for a whole season but i know it's been proven that inter clearly don't think this is a priority this, they've made no attempt last season they've made no attempt this season to address the issue apparently we're just waiting maybe to get onana from ajax on the free next year when he's 
when he's available, you know, the budget option, which isn't bad to be fair, it's quite smart. It's a good signing. I like him. I've always liked yeah. him, so yeah. But yeah, Radu last year he didn't even get a look in from from Conte, so clearly either the coaching staff didn't think, you know, the goalkeeper coach maybe didn't think he was good enough or Conte himself just didn't rate him. Um Cordaz, yes, he was the number one for Crotone last year, but you know, they were conceded a back ton of goals and he's like 37, 38 as well. So I don't think either of those are an answer, but I just want, no. you know, what Inzaghi did at Lazio where he, you know, interchanged Reina and Strakosha quite a bit. You know, uh, Gattuso did that with the Merit and Ospina a lot. I just feel like mm-hmm. Handanovic shouldn't be, you know, just undisputed number one. He should feel like his place is challenging the team. That's yeah. that's all I, I feel like he, I think he needs that. I think that would maybe help him improve his performances as well if he feels like, you know, He's pushed, but he's the captain as well. So I think that makes it trickier to take him out of the team as well. It is, but I mean, if if if, if Inter can learn anything from their rivals, is that you know they deal with Romagnoli and uh, they try to they try to get the best out of him, and eventually Tomori just took over. So not to say that Cordaz is going to take over for Handanovic, but uh, I I agree with you. You know, give him a little bit of a challenge. Hopefully, it sharpens his blade, gets his senses back. But it may, it may have the opposite effect. So it's hard to tell what to see what Inzaghi is going to do with that. Um, and then, you know, speaking of Inzaghi, his boy Correa, uh, great pickup by you guys. Obviously, my, my my preseason predictions are going to change once the, once the transfer window ends. But this is Same. a great, great benefit for, for you guys having walk in Correa. Where do you see him lining up? I mean, obviously, Larturo Martinez and him, they kind of swap positions in this game. But do you see them playing like, like a Lukaku role coming in next to Martinez? Or how do you see them fit uh, this season? Yeah, no, he's he's gonna be his second striker. I think he said it himself, like that's where he's best, you know, roaming around behind the main the main guy. Um he's he can play as number nine. I think he played at the end of that match, because uh, Sainsi came on and it was like yeah. Sainsi in behind him. But even though he's got the height and kind of you think the build is kind of made, he should be okay as a striker, but he's just not he's just not that type of guy. So he, he needs to be the guy, you know going wide coming in deep to pick up the ball to link up he's that he's that he, he's kind of he's going to be what alexis sanchez was i think to the right. team yes, and yes i think he's got that you know more directness more pace you know sanchez used to have that but korea's got that you know he's a smooth dribbler you know he shoots from range he's you know very creative he goes he goes past people which is something we haven't had for a long time in this <laughs> team a dribbler um we were ranked i think 19th last season in Serie A for dribbles completed so um, we definitely needed someone like that that takes, you know, some risks and things like that. Um, so, yeah, I think he's going to be that kind of... I think he's going to play like the Sanchez role. So I, I can see him coming on as a substitute quite a lot. Yeah, okay, that's an interesting take. And, uh, yeah, if anyone's going to know how to take, bring the best out of him, it's going to be Inzaghi, right, who's seen him for the last several seasons. Um, and, you know, he when he did so well at Lazio, it's because he played second striker to Immobile. So maybe if he, if he plays off of Martinez or whomever like that, like you know, like like Alexi Sanchez type of role, yeah, I can see him thriving. He does so many things that you guys were desperately needing, and obviously now he can head the ball in the in the goal. So uh, that's that's great there um, uh, for for you guys there. Um, transfer windows wrapping up. Obviously, there's some big names that are still people are still talking about. Uh, Chenk FC says, uh, do you guys think Insigne will leave Napoli on a free? Hard to say about that, uh, but uh, you guys, is there any needs that you think they're going to come in here at the end of the window? Obviously, you said goalkeeper is not going to be one of them. You wouldn't imagine a striker would come in there, uh, but what are, what are your thoughts? Huh. I don't know. I mean, the, the Insigne thing is quite, it's, it's very difficult to see. You know, he's, he's, born, he's born and bred in the uh, He's born and bred in Napoli. He's Napoli through and through. I don't, I don't really see that happening. But for Inter, 
Um, I don't really see a, a particular need, you know, for a for a for someone else to come in. Yeah, the keeper the keeper position really is, you know, the the big. I mean, I think the big need in the team. Um, perhaps you know the backups to the centre backs because you know left centre back we've kind of got you know we've got Kolarov, but Di Marco can also play there. And then we've got Ranocchia as the backup to De Vrij, D'Ambrosio as their backup to right centre back. But again, I don't think it's a particularly pressing need, so uh, yeah, I'm not really sure about that one. Okay, all right. So you guys are you guys into off to a flying start. Another team that's off to a flying start, Lazio. Uh, Sadi Ball is cooking right now. Um, you know, of the of the, all the new changes, I thought Sadi Ball would take the longest to to adapt to get up to speed. We we saw Sadi Ball or the attempt at Sadi Ball at Juventus, and it took about half a season to even get anything close to that. Uh, but through two games, they're 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 cooking at the moment, as to use your words, your phrase. Uh, Lazio getting lots of goals already, and uh, they're playing Sadi Ball. Uh, what what can you explain about this? That is that Lazio has adapted so quickly to the style of play that their manager wants. Yeah, but that's the thing with Saribo. You, he, you. It's really good when when you can take it to a team where it's not full of egos. It's not full of superstars. You know, it's not like the Juventus team, even the Chelsea team. Um, at points, you know, they did okay overall, but it definitely wasn't the Napoli, the the, the Saribo that we saw yeah, at Napoli. No, 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 for so sure. They, here at Lazio, as you said, like you know, for two match days, and you can already see the stamp of uh, of uh, of Sari because the players clearly have bought into it because. You know they've they've come they're coming off you know decent finishes in the, in the league, but last year they finished what sixth last year. Yeah. So you know they're, they're not superstars. You know there's some good really good players in there like Immobile, Milinkovic, Savic, but there's no real superstars, massive egos. They're all yeah. humble players that you know willing to learn this new system, and they clearly have. You know they've all they all look like they're they've been playing this for for a while already. Some of the mechanisms, some of the movements, uh, that goal they scored last week, that Lazari goal where. Milinkovic yeah. Savic, you know, there was that beautiful kind of one two oh, beautiful, yeah. beautiful. And today, you know, uh, Luis Alberto didn't start the last match because, you know, there was some supposed to be some sort of, you know, disagreement with him and Sari. But yeah, he's uh, if he can integrate Luis Alberto, you know, we know Sari wants to place each, each position has got a very certain mm-hmm. role that you can, you can, talk, you can replicate it almost every team, you know, the Hamsik right. position, the Alan position, the Jorginho position. Um, so it looks like, you know, you know, Luis Alberto could be, you know, the the, the hamsick, you know, the the goal scoring, assisting midfielder. Yes. Um, we'll have to see if Lucas can play that Jorginho role um, over yeah. over a lengthy period. I don't really see that happening, you know, because he, he gets injured quite a lot. He doesn't. I don't think he can last ninety minutes for thirty eight games as well. So yeah, I don't think so too either. And in the transfer market, you know, we know how Lotito is. Will he will he back him? Um, but there's talk if if they get it, Zakanyin or Philip Kostic, they're talking about. Yeah. You know, they've added Felipe Anderson, they've added Pedro now, uh, who's who looks like he's already he's already fitting really really well. Pedro, he surprised me as well. Um, and as you said, Immobile is firing already. So yeah, this uh, this uh, this Lazio team could really you know could do could do really well to challenge for that top four spot, which I think is the, their aim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think, you know, they were certainly a team that I thought was going to be challenging for the top four, but I thought, you know, it would take so long to get to this, you know, playing of the free-flowing style that Sadi wanted. It, they would be like one of the guys, one of the teams that are coming in from the back uh, and playing catch-up, but they're off to a flying start. And, you know, what well, we Frank and I were talking about uh, preseason was that, you know, if any team can get off to a flying start before Juventus and Inter start cooking, 
that you have the best chance of making a top four. You know, you have Milan needs to get off hot, Atalanta as well. And so uh, Lazio off to a great start so far, and that's uh, it, it bodes well. I'm curious to see how the season goes. I agree. I don't think Lucas Leva is going to be the answer in that Jorginho role. Who do they bring in? Can they bring in someone? Um, we have heard lots of rumors, like you said, about Philippe Kostic. And, uh, yeah, it's... I wanted him Inter for such a long time. Kostic. He's a good player. He's been a good player for a long time, you know, mm. and under massively underrated, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. A player... Uh, let's get to the big elephant in the room, uh, Juventus. Right? They they struggled mightily in this game, obviously to the joy of both of us, I think, um, uh, and many people probably in the chat. But yeah, Juventus did not do. I mean, the midfield seems to be the issue. I think in that team, I think the attacking the attacking talent they have is good, more than good enough. Defense is probably good enough as well, but at the midfield, it's just lacking at the moment. You know, yes, they got Locatelli recently. Bentancur played well the first game, not so much the second. What do you attribute as a, as a big issue there? I mean, they can't be as bad as they've looked, at least in the last game, can they? No, they surely they can't be. But yeah, the, the midfield has been a problem for them for, for years now. Even when they used to win um, the Scudetto, the midfield was always kind of the the issue. You know, even even in the golden times, it was, you know, Matuidi, Kadira, Pjanic, which wasn't particularly a stellar midfield even then, but it just got the job done. But now, um, it's just it just seems like they're... As we as we mentioned earlier, it's more the confusion. It seemed like you know Dybala was playing this free roaming role, but we know he just likes to drift out onto the right hand side because he just likes to cut in from mm-hmm. with his left mm-hmm. foot. Um, yeah. And then McKenny didn't look like he knew where he where he where he needed to be. Um, Chiesa was kind of all over the place as well. He was just kind of doing you know uh, dribbling himself, you know, which you know he was great. At. He was one of the shining lights in that match, but. Those are kind of individual moments. They're not collective moments. Collectively, they just look very confused. Um, you know, Danilo playing at Regista, you know, is, is, is that's, I think that's endemic of the, the midfield problem, that they're having to play a guy who's a, a right-back at centre-defensive mid. So it's, uh, it's, it's, really, it's really confusing. And then defensively as well, you know, Bonucci, Chiellini, they had an amazing Euro, you know, those yeah. two. Amazing, they gotta be tired. But, they gotta be tired. <laughs> yeah, at some point, you know, we know Kellini's, you know, his injury record has been really bad over the last few years anyway. Yeah. Um and yeah, Bonucci Delict doesn't seem like it's as it doesn't seem to be that great of a partnership because they're both, no. you know, they're both right footed. They both like to get on the ball as well. Yeah. Um and then you got, you know, Alexandros had a big pretty big dip, you know, a few years ago. This guy was probably like Top. the best was, left back. Oh yeah. Yeah. And now he's pretty yeah it's pretty pretty average and most of the time when i watch him um and then yeah even Szczesny, you know he's been undisputed number one he's been struggling you know last last match viewer fans were even oh calling for to play so <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of question marks for them yeah i i you know it's interesting because i i thought many people thought that the, the defensive answer would have been the lick and demorel obviously demorel has gone to atalanta now and so that's not going to happen um what obviously midfield is going to be issue but are they going to look for bringing in some either depth in the midfield? We're not sure because they just brought in Locatelli. Are they going to bring in some defensive help? You know, is there someone in their in their in their system that they think maybe is the answer? Delict is obviously going to be the guy. Uh, he he's very much you know worth the money. But like you mentioned, Bonucci and Chiellini are getting up there in age. They're got to be tired from the past Euros. It's going to take them at least a few months to get you know get back up to speed uh, to where they at least they expect them to be. So it might be a little struggle here. But I you know you would imagine with Allegri he'll figure out a way. Um, what I've noticed, at least with Allegri so far, is that they're more direct so far playing. Obviously, in the first game against Udinese, they looked really fantastic, especially that first half. But, you know, looked like offensively they had more oppor- – they're creating more opportunities than maybe Allegri would in the past. 
Um, and you'd imagine he figured things out defensively and that they're, they're not going to give up so many goals. Yeah, one goal is nothing, but when you don't score a goal, it's a lot. Um, so I, can't, I, I imagine Allegri is going to figure this out very quickly. I don't expect Juve to be out of the European picture altogether. That's not going to happen. But, you know, the way these teams are stacked up at the top, if they don't get their shit together basically here in the next, you know, couple weeks, they could be chasing it. And it's going to be hard to, you know, try to catch five teams, let alone one team. So, yeah. Um, yeah. What, what, do you make, what do you make of the going from Cristiano Ronaldo to Moise Keane? You know, obviously Cristiano is a fantastic player, all-time great. Uh, but Moise Keane, I've, I've always been a big fan of Moise Keane. And I, he thrived in PSG in the right situations. Maybe not so much at Everton. Uh, but I think in, in the right situation, if you let Dybala pull the strings on the team and you set up Moise Keane, I think it could be very successful. Can he pair with Morata? I would love to see Morata and, and, and Kane with Dybala behind them. And where does that leave Kulishevsky and some of the other people? That's hard to tell. But I think Moise Keane has certainly got the talent. I would love to see him back with the Azuri mix. Um, so I think he does have that possibility of doing well there. Morata's going to get his goals. is going to get his, I think, now under Allegri. It's the question is, can you make him fit? Mm. That's the big thing. I, I, I think the talent's there 100%. Um, but... Where does Allegri line him up? That, that's going to be the key. You know, if you look at his formations, how he's lined people up, what are your thoughts on, on Moise Keane and the possibility of him fitting or not fitting at Juventus? Yeah, no, he is, he is the future for Italy. Like, you know, we know there's not much talent in that number nine position. So there is, um, you know, after Immobile, there is really, it's up for grabs. So I think Moise Keane's got the talent to take it. But there's always been question marks on his attitude. Um, I think that was one of the reasons why Mancini left him out for Raspadori, which was quite a, you know, surprising move in the summer. He's left him out in previous squads as well, him and Zaniola for behavioural issues. Um, Everton had similar similar issues as well. He got sent off actually a few days ago for Everton in the uh, EFL Cup, in the Carabao Cup. Um, so, yeah, if he, but I think it seems like Allegri is the one who's kind of, you know, got the best out of him when he was uh, at Juve before. So maybe yeah. he, knows, he knows how to pull his strings a little bit like Mancini with Balotelli's did. <laughs> there you go. There so, you go. No, I expect good things from Moise Keane, but he can't be the, surely he can't be, you know, the, the replacement for, for you know, uh, Cristiano. They must, uh, they have to bring someone else in, surely. They can't put the, the burden of the goal scoring on, <laughs> on, on Moise Keane. Uh, one of the comments, I, I don't know if I agree with 100%, or maybe you do. Uh, one of the, so one of the comments was, uh, is Juve going to make it out of the Champions League group? I highly doubt it. So their group is Chelsea, Malmo, and Zenit St. Petersburg. Obviously, Chelsea is going to be a difficult ass to reign in European champions. Uh, but Malmo, you know, the Swedish champs, and, and, and Zenit, who, are, who have had great teams in the past, and maybe they're a mixed bag right now. I don't know. I think that group is fairly a fairly straight up one. I think Juventus, if they get their shit together, which I think they will, they should make it out of this group. Maybe they won't win it, but I think they'll come out second. Um, do you think they're going to have a difficult time coming out of their group? No, I think um, yeah, I think they should be able to. Even even last year, I mean, they weren't great in the Pirlo either, and they got out of the group pretty easily. So I expect them to get out of that group. Yeah, I don't know much about the Zenit team, so I can't really say. Because um, ever since like Hulk left them, I, yeah, I, I yeah, kind of yeah. lost track of like who's at Zenit and things like that. Um, I think Axel Witzel was there as well for a little bit, and yep. then he left as well. So I don't really yep. know who's there, but I imagine that this should be okay. And with Allegri, the thing we always have to remember is his Juve teams usually really start to pick up things after December, like December, mm-hmm. January, mm-hmm. February. These guys really start to pick things up. Yeah. So yeah, I don't want to be too reactionary with the Juventus here, especially when they have Allegri as their coach. 
I agree. I think I think he'll he'll calm the waters, and it, it won't be a disaster class as many people think that is going to happen. Uh, there's some difficult groups in in Champions League, which we'll get to here in, in, in a minute. But uh, uh, let's see. I mean, where, where do you want to talk? You want to talk uh, Napoli, Roma, Milan? Where where, where do you want to go? So yeah, let's talk about you boys. Okay. Okay. Talk to me. Talk to me. Yeah. Uh, obviously, very impressed with with the way they came out in this game. Um, Cagliari has always been a thorn in our sides, and last year they they held us tight and made us sweat to the last game against Atalanta. Uh, and so you know that at least Milanisti fans, I should say, wanted to get revenge on Cagliari. That I don't think that was a bigger picture, but I think what you mentioned earlier, Pioli, he's starting to find his groove now with this team. You know, this is. I, I I said with Frank a long time ago that every manager finds their team that they it's just a special team they they always do well and it seems like maybe Pioli's found that with Milan after many years being a mid table manager um, I like what they got going on you know the the pickups they had this summer I'm very high on not many people are as high as I am on Milan Giroud is a fantastic two goals already in this one he's going to be perfect I think it's going to be kind of an issue when Zlatan comes back you know especially if Giroud is getting his goals. What do you do then, right? You know, Zlatan's going to get on the team. Can can they both play at the same time? They're both fairly similar in pl- what they what they can do. Obviously, oh, they're both acrobatic as well. I mean, they're very <laughs> similar. Uh, they're both fantastic players. Uh, so, you know, seeing Diaz playing the way he's come out so far with Chalonolu gone, um, Tonali getting an opportunity to impress when Benacer and Kessier not there. Um, Liao, the big question mark with him, is he going to be another Niang? Is he going to have a great year? Who knows? Uh, what I've seen so far, I've been I've been very uh, high on. And now we're looking at the Sampdoria, what they how they played against Sassuolo today. Maybe that game, that victory against them was a was a better one than we thought initially. So uh, I'm high on them. What are your thoughts? Uh, seeing uh, your cousins uh, doing so well, at least in this week. Yeah, I'll keep uh, at the start of the season. I always uh, underrated them. The last year, I thought. Um, I think originally I had them in top four, and then after I had update after the Mercato, I updated it to them finishing fifth. Uh-huh. Don't prove me wrong. And now this year, before the Mercato, I've put them fifth, but I think I'm going to update them <laughs> to finish in the top four now because it's just yeah, they just um, I feel like yeah, like it's the purely thing where I, in my mind I don't rate him like out of sure. no, out yeah, of the yeah. top seven coaches. You know, I think you agree. Like I would yeah. say he's he's the worst out of all the top seven coaches. Yeah, but. He's yeah, as you said, like he seems to have found a groove with this team, and you know, like even like guys like Krunic, shouts out to him because he, uh, I look like him today with my with my trim um, <laughs> and the um you know, the black socks, black uh, shoes combo is all. Well. He's looking, he's looking really good out there. Like you put him, you know, CAM, you put him left wing, you put him, you know, defensive mid as he did today. Like this guy just bores out wherever you where you put him. Um, and uh, when I look at the team on paper, you know, Salamakas. Krunic, he like, balled out today. Salamakers played very well today. He underrated. He doesn't yeah. get the goals, but he got the technical ability. I think what yeah. we saw today. But, but as in, like you know, when you see the team on paper, you oh, yeah. look at it and you like, you know, compare it to the team, and you like. Eh. But you just get the job done on 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 the pitch, and uh, yeah, Tonali this year is the Sandro Tonales. Is we're expecting, <laughs> we're expecting him to step up, and he already has. You know, these last two games, he was he was yeah. decent against Sampdoria, but today. Um, I didn't watch the whole match, but he looked pretty good again out there today. And obviously, yeah, he got his goal so. as well. So, um, yeah, with with Kessie and Benasseg on and the AFCON as well in uh, in January. Um, I think that's going to be a big month for you guys when that you know when when the Champions League matches start coming in. Yeah, he and Kroos are going to have to play big when, when those two are gone, for sure. Yeah, um, um, big but I mean, you've got Bakayoko coming in as well now, which is going to be yeah. a big, big addition as well. So he's going to be... Kind of, I guess, the backups of those two guys as well. Um, so, 
it's it's going to be so tie up there. Like it's so hard to call. It's it's a it's going to be a game of, of of fractions and you know little mistakes here and there, losing a point when you should have got three. Uh, it's going to be big, I think, in this one. For some reason, every and every manager has their player, which they always put out there. Where you're like, what the heck are you doing? For Milan and Pioli, it's Krunic for whatever reason. Uh, he gets the job done, but I mean, he's. Uh, you can ask any Milan fan. They're like, why are we? Why is Krunic still playing? You know, <laughs> yeah, when, when Kessie and, and Benacer are injured, okay, that makes sense. But when they're when they're healthy, and you're like, why is he getting want to get pitch time? I don't know. So, but that that was standing. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Bakayoko coming in. I think the big news now with Milan is Kessie. Can they, are they going to keep him? Are they going to pay what he wants? He's asking like $8.5 million a year. You know, the trend tells you with, with Maldini and, and company that they're not going to pay that. I think he's bit a bit every worth of what he's asking for. Same thing with Donnarumma. He's coming um, to us. He might. I mean, he might. And the question is, will they sell him? Will they, will they leave him on a free? You would imagine they'd sell him before they let him go on a free again, But uh, especially if it's going to be to our rivals. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's the big elephant in the room. I think if they do lose them in this Mercato, I would I would question where I where I put them in the in a top five, top six. Uh, I had them obviously winning the Scudetto preseason pick. Obviously, not that Mercato is not done yet. But you know, they sell him in this window. I might be looking a little differently because Kessie is a monster. Him and Benacer are just so special together. The two of the better midfielder combinations uh, in the league. There's obviously several. You know, your team obviously has three fantastic midfielders, but. Um, I think you lose Kessie, it, it puts a big dent. Bakayoko played well with Milan, had his moments under Napoli, but I don't think he's the same player as Kessie is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that hurt, that would hurt their Scudetto chances significantly if he goes. Um, do you think he goes? Yeah, I think um, I think he goes for free next year because those wages that he's asking for is just, you guys are just not budging from outside that budget. You guys yeah. have a very strict budget. And yeah. I don't think you're going to step out of those. And I think he deserves the money he's asking for as sure. well. Oh, yeah, 100%. No, I, I agree 100% about that. Um, someone who's uh, earning their bi- their budget or earning their wage, uh, Jose Mourinho. Uh, I, it's another manager. Him and Sadi, I thought, were going to take segue. a... segue. A smooth segue, right? There you go. Done a little bit. <laughs> um, I, I thought both Sadi and Mourinho would take the longest to adapt to the new teams, but obviously I was dead wrong. Both te- both managers seem to do really well so far. Roma, uh, like Lazio, they were already a good product, right? I thought you know Roma's midfield was highly underrated last year. The midfield that they have is very talented. It's the strikers that they had you know question marks about, and especially the defense. You knew Mourinho coming in, and you had the experience from Mourinho in the past. Their defense is pretty good. You know he's going to clean that up, and the question is, what, what are they going to do with the, the strikers? Obviously, Jeko goes to Inter, uh, and we were wondering what's going to happen. Is he going to Mayoral? Who's going to be leading the way? Tammy Abraham comes in, like you mentioned, he's been nothing but special so far. Um, he's having probably more of an impact, or just an equally as big of an impact as Osiman had last year when he joined Napoli. Um, yeah, Roma's kind of a flying start. They're, they got that midfielder ready. Now they got a striker who is hungry. The defense looks short up. They may be more. They may be more dangerous than people uh, thought originally, including myself. Um, obviously, many people said it's going to either be really fantastic or a dud. They're looking more like fantastic at the moment. What are your thoughts on Roma? Yeah, no, they're looking really good at the moment. But let's let's all calm down. It's early. It's early. Like last year, like last year on the Fonseca, they were like you know in the top uh, two or three, I think, for a while. Uh, I think for this like seven, eight match days, I think they were they were right up there. But that's when you know when when the European games start coming in, or oh, guess conference yes. league games so come, start coming in. <laughs> um, you know injuries start piling up. The teams yeah. kind of figure out their style of play. You know their things things start to change, and then that's when you find out the real worth of the team. Um, 
but yeah, like you know how we was talking about those uh, the sorry um, positions. You know how he has you know his yes. hamstick, his Jorginho with Mourinho looks like Pellegrini is gonna be his Lampard. Yep. Uh, Tommy's gonna be his drug bar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Vera too. Vera That's too. a celebration too, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vera too looks like he's gonna be like his Stankovic or something. Oh, like it's uh, yeah. You know, it's a uh, he's, he's he's cooking already, Jose. Yeah, he's a uh, he, and he looks like he, he looks like he's enjoying his time in Rome. Like he looks like he's really, you know, absorbed into the you know the Romanismo. The, the Roma fans seem to love him, but as Spurs fans will tell you, as Man United fans will tell you. It always is at like this at the beginning, and then you know yeah. we'll see. We'll see how if he can keep it up. But I think he's much better suited to this area. I've, I've talked about this before with the on the, on my channel with the Spurs fan. Mm-hmm. Um, he came on to talk, and he said, "Yeah, I think you know he he shouldn't. I don't think Mourinho's a Premier League type manager anymore. I think he should stick to like you know the other continental teams. And I think yeah, Serie A will suit him, and I think he'll do well. I think Roma will improve from last season, and I think they will finish sixth or fifth. I think." Yeah, I I think they'll certainly improve than last year. Um, you know, you lo- I think the, the the big piece in this team is Mkhitaryan. Uh, yeah, he's oh, getting yeah. older, but he's such a fantastic player, and he really brings that from that the ball from the defense to the attack, and he's just so fluid, and he's got the speed still for his age. Um, I think they go as far as Mkhitaryan takes them. I think obviously Abraham can get his, and that midfield with Vera too, and, and the other guys they're going to do well. But I think. As long as Mkhitaryan keeps playing well, I think that the team will go far. Um, nutmeg pass from him today, nutmeg assist. I know you're keeping keep track of that. You're, you're nutmeg counts there, so uh, yeah. I know you like to see that. But yeah, no, uh, it's it's still early on. All these teams, while they're doing, some are doing well, some are not doing so well. It's still early. You know, we, Frank and I always talk about we wait at least 10 games before we sort of decide on how the season's going to go. Because it's too early to tell. You could Some teams are, are thriving coming off preseason. Others, a little bit slower to start. You know, we get a good sense of where these teams are about 10, 15 games into the season. So, uh, long way to go. Still, we want to pump the brakes on a lot of these things. And then, uh, let's round this out. Let's, let's Serie A talk with Napoli. Um, a team that many people thought could be not only challenging for Champions League, but maybe even Scudetto with the talent that they have. They thought maybe you know Gattuso is holding them back. They have a, they have a fantastic, fluid team, strong defense, you know, good goalkeepers. Midfield is obviously very strong, and then the attacker with attack with um, the, the 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 three midgets there with uh, Osim up top. They're they're fantastic to watch, and they play beautiful football. Obviously, no Osim today because of the red card, silly red card he had last week. Um, thoughts on Spalletti, and can he take Napoli to that next level or, or even beyond? Yeah, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, you know I'm a Spalletti fan. I mean, the guy has the best collection of gifts any any coach out there in the world has. Like, whoever whoever's like made that collection for him is uh, deserves a. Deserves it wasn't a you? No, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. <laughs> um, no, yeah, the, the, that team is like perfectly suited to him, as you said. That four two, they, they, they're custom made for the four two three one that he yeah. plays. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Ossiman, I think. We, everyone keeps saying it, but it should be his year now. You know, it should be the, his explosion on the Spalletti. Um, but I, I disagree with the goalkeepers. I've never been a, too much of a fan of Merit, and I think okay. we saw today he's a little bit he's a little bit shaky. Yeah, and yeah. there's a reason why you know Ancelotti and uh, Gattuso both you know kind of overall. I think in the league they seem to prefer Ospina. I think you know, on balance, when you look at the amount of appearances, I think yeah. um, even though they switched in between quite a lot. So I think that's definitely a position that they could improve. And then, yeah, Mario Rui has always been a big weakness for them. <laughs> I think every Napoli yeah. fan will tell you that, that, that left-back position. Will they get Emerson? Will they not? I think having getting Emerson would be, or any new left-back would be an improvement. He's gone to Lyon. Oh, did he? 
Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. I did see that this week. That is true. That did happen. So, yeah, that's the uh, bro and Jesus. <laughs> well, there you go. There goes our chance. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I just, it just seems like they haven't they haven't got money or they haven't backed Spalletti since he's come in. Um, so yeah, I don't really see them challenging for the scudetto. Some people saying, but I think yeah. they should have top four nailed down. I think that's just what Spalletti does best. Yeah, that, that is true. Uh, wherever he goes, he seems to get the best of his players, at least get to that Champions League level. Um, I think, you know, if they can, you know, before the window ends here, if they can get a left back somehow and maybe, like, address the goalkeeper situation like you mentioned, um, that'll, that'll well, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's I don't think it's like, you know, a pressing coincidence. No, no. I'm saying it's like, I, think left back, I think left back, though, is more pressing yeah, than, yeah, than anything definitely. else. Because yeah. um, I think, you know, keeping Fabian's important. Many people thought he was going to oh, leave yeah. possibly to Spain. And, you know, obviously you see the goal that he had today. It was really beautiful to take. And um, they need someone like him to stay around. They got they got some good pieces there in the midfield. And Lobotka, is, he's like a new signing for them because, uh, you know, he was yeah. a pretty big flop for them. And yeah, Spalletti, you, he he used to like him when he, when he was at Inter. He, we were linked with him because apparently Spalletti liked him back then. So, yeah, and we've seen the first two games. He's been pretty decent. Nothing, you know, yeah. outstanding, but... Yeah, I picked him as my player to watch for Napoli this season just for that reason. Elmas is another one, though, who, who is going to be mm. a really good player. He's had two really fantastic games, I think, so far. Uh, and he had, and you know he's been a, t- a player that's uh, on the radar for many people for a while. And we'll see if he can continue this progression uh, throughout the season. Because I think with those two players, that just adds to their fire there and you know makes them that much more dangerous. So we'll see what, where they're going to go. I think you know, I'm in agreement with you. They're going to make Champions League this year at, at minimum. So... Uh, let's see how they do. Um, we we talked about Champions League. Uh, let's look at the group stages real quick uh, for all the Serie A teams. Uh, and there's some there's some deadly groups in this one. First, yeah, there's, uh, there's multiple groups of death. <laughs> oh my goodness! Speaking of one, the first one I'm going to talk about is Milan. They're in a group with Atletico, Atletico Madrid, Porto, and Liverpool. Uh, three very good teams there. That's a difficult group. I already said they're going to be out. If they make it past the group stages, that's a victory in itself. Um, let's see. Enter your boys. I got Real Madrid, Shakhtar Donetsk, and Sheriff Tira 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 Spol. Um, you got three good teams there. <laughs> the team I can't pronounce. Um, uh, let's keep continuing there for the rest of the year. Atalanta. They got Man United, Villarreal, and Young Boys. That's a pretty good, strong group there. And then we obviously mentioned Juventus with Chelsea, uh, Malmo, and Zenit St. Petersburg. Uh, we already talked about Juventus, um, Atalanta. Let's talk about Atalanta. Man United, it's going to be a difficult game. Obviously, now Cristiano Ronaldo, they've been strong for, for a while now. Uh, Villarreal is no slouch as well. And then you got Young Boys. Um, thoughts on Atalanta and their chances of at least getting out of the group stage? I think they've proven over the last few seasons that they're kind of the most European yeah. team because they've done best. They have there. the depth. They yeah. got the depth. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they're not, they're not you know, a surprise anymore. You know, they're, they're, they're a certainty now, Atalanta. So we can't call them this kind of you know up and coming hipster team anymore <laughs> no that's um, Venezia now yeah that's Venezia but um, they should, I think they should be okay to finish second in that group I think Villarreal they had a great season last year but in the Europa League and I think you know Unai Emery is like the the, the Europa League specialist uh, so yeah. The Champions League is like, yeah so I think he's probably going to aim to finish third anyway <laughs> so they can go down to Europa League that's not a bad shout. That's not a bad <laughs> shout, actually. Um, 
Inter, your team always seems to be in the group of death. This year's not quite group of death. It's pretty close. Uh, is this going to be the year you guys finally get out of the group stages? I mean, Real Madrid's going to be difficult. I mean, and, and especially if they get Mbappe. Who knows if they get him or not. And then Shakhtar is always difficult. They're very good in European competitions. Um, what are your chances? What are your thoughts on the chances of your team progressing out of the group stages finally? Oh, we have to. We have to get out this year. <laughs> we have to. It's embarrassing if we don't do it for the fourth yeah. year in a row. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's Groundhog Day. It was the exact same group last year, apart from oh that Sheriff Tiraspol team. Oh, Gladbach, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Gladbach instead of uh, Sheriff. So it's, it's, you know, slightly better group than last year. So we, yeah, oh, yeah, for we sure. finished last in the group last year. So, <laughs> so third? <laughs> but no, I mean, Sheriff, all respect due to them, you know, Moldova's first team in the Champions League or whatever, but we have to take six points there. Yeah. And then Real Madrid, yes, even if they get Mbappe, like even against Real Madrid last year, you know, they, they looked pretty, pretty weak at the back, you know, yeah. with, now without Varane and Ramos as well, like they're not the greatest Real Madrid team, No, um, but they probably will finish first, but we have to finish at least second in that, um, you know, Shakhtar are good, as you said, they're always tricky in Europe, but the, the issue we had with Shakhtar last year was that they sat back, they parked the bus against us, which we really struggle with. But this year with Dead Zerbi, they're not going to do that. They're going to play. No, they're going to take football. They're going to be open. So we shouldn't have as many issues with Shakhtar this time around. And we need to take revenge on those guys. I would not be surprised if De Zerbi has some tricks up his sleeves, being obviously from Sassuolo last year. And Sassuolo's always been a thorn in your side. So I'm sure he's going to have some ideas. Obviously, Inzaghi is different from, from Conte. Uh, but, you know, De Zerbi does know how to play against Inter as a whole. And I th- this is the big game, I think, of the group. I think if you guys can handle Shakhtar home and away, especially away, that's a difficult fixture. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's going to be important for you guys to get out. I think that makes or breaks whether you guys can get out or not. Um, I-, I think you guys will finally do it as well. I think it- it's a more desirable group than it was previously. Previously, Real Madrid, if you get a point off of them, that'll be a, a win there, I think, overall. Yeah. So you need to get your, you know, six points for Sheriff and, you know, at least, if not six, you know, four points from uh, Shakhtar. And I think you should be able to get through. And then um, my team, Milan, they're in a, certainly in a group <laughs> of death. Um, Atleti is certainly, you know, didn't they win the La Liga last year? Yeah, Porto, Liverpool's obviously uh, won the European Championship a couple years ago. So it's going to be a strong group. If they get out of this group, I think it's a victory in itself. Um, you know, many people say, "Hey, maybe Milan can go deep this year, potentially." But you know, I look at it also as maybe they get out of the group early and they can just focus on a scudetto this year in Coppa Italia. <laughs> Who knows? Um, what are your thoughts on Milan's chances of getting out of this group? Nah, yeah, you guys definitely got the worst group. Uh, I have to say, <laughs> Un- yeah. unfortunate for you guys. But I think you can, you could make it. But I think uh, I predict third place finish. But yeah, if you do make it, you really yeah. like massive props to you guys because you actually did quite, you guys did quite well in Europe last year. Like even against Man United, I remember yeah. you guys. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, you played Castillejo as like a false nine, and you still, you know, you just about <laughs> lost against Man United. You know, yeah, it was. I think you can you can do you can do well. I think you can surprise people, and it'll be annoying as hell because I know Milan fans. If you get out of the group stage, the amount of you know shit talking that we deserve as well. We're winning the cup. We're winning the cup. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, just for Inter not making oh, it. Out oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. That's a big year now. Like, gonna be even more shit talking between the two clubs here. So uh, important for both teams to make it out. Yeah. Otherwise, but, it, but it's nice to here. see both the Milan clubs back in Champions League, though. Yeah, it's. Uh, Europe is better with the two two Milan clubs in it, I think. Uh, Champions League, for sure. Um, Europa League, Napoli are in a, a difficult group. Legia Vorsa, that's as difficult away. Leicester City, strong European team, you're, where you're at. Uh, yes. And Spartak um, Moscow. Uh, three 
three decent teams there. Uh, it's not necessarily a group of death. Maybe for it's as close as you're going to get for Europa League. Uh, chances Napoli. You think Napoli can get out in that group? It's it's if they play the way they can, they should. But no, Spartak and and Legia Warsaw are going to be difficult games. I think. The problem with Italian teams in Europe is, especially Europa League, is that they don't seem to take it seriously. So it depends on yeah. whether Spalletti, you know, decides that you know he wants to take this seriously because they have the depth as well to 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 swap oh, things yeah. around. Oh yeah. So I hope they do take it seriously, and I hope they do because I do want to go watch them when they come to Leicester City. Um, the King Power is only ten minutes away yeah. from me. I think me, Paris Nitch, maybe a few other Twitter guys were planning to, nice, nice. to go that. You know, Spalletti ball live. Um, so yeah, Lapoli should should be able to to get out of that group uh, surely. Um, but I just hope one of the Italian teams takes you know the Europa League seriously because it is you know a good trophy to win. I know it's like it's one of those trophies that you only start to take seriously when you get into the latter stages. You know, like oh we're in the semi final now, yeah. so we might as well take it serious. But I feel like if a team just takes it serious from the beginning and just aims to win it, they could they could really do it. Like you saw with Villarreal last year. No, no, hundred percent, and then. Uh... A team or a manager who does take these tournaments more seriously. We've seen him once he's had the victories. Of course, I'm talking about Maurizio Sarri and Lazio. They're in a group with Galatasaray, Lokomotiv Moscow, and Marseille. That's a pretty difficult group as well. Uh, but Sarri seems to thrive in these tournaments, it seems like, or at least a Europa League. Uh, so he'll be familiar with, with, with the way he needs to approach these kind of games. Um, Lazio, last year we were in a difficult group and they got out somehow. Uh, they, they figured out a way to progress in, in Champions League. I think you know it's gonna be it's a tall task. Marseille, Galatasaray, especially Galatasaray at home, and Lokomotiv Moscow at home. Uh, it's gonna be difficult, um, but I think Lazio under Saribol find a way to progress out of this group. Uh, your thoughts on on Lazio? Yeah, that group is like the hooligan group of death. Like all the all the worst. Uh, oh my gosh! Hooligans, you know, Marseille, Galatasaray, all the most violent teams. Lazio, <laughs> all put together. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a tricky group. It's very balanced. Um, yeah. There's no oh, yeah. like real standout. So, I don't know. What's uh, what's Sasari usually like in Europe? I can't really remember what he was like at, at Napoli. Well, in Napoli, it wasn't that great, but uh, obviously he won at Chelsea. He got his only yeah. trophy there. His one year that he was there. Um, so, you know, he maybe just because he had a team that he had a really fantastic team around him. Obviously, they won the, the European Championship uh, last year. Yeah, um, yeah. So, it could have been a team around him. But I think Sarri will do well with Napoli. Um, yeah, but with Lazio, the, the issue with Lazio has always been their depth, so yeah. and they, they haven't really addressed it at the moment. So um, That's true. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put them to finish second. Okay. I guess as long as they get out of the group, and obviously we want to see um, all the Italian yeah. teams do well, especially including Roma in the, in the Conference League. I'm not <laughs> sure how that's going to work yet. It's a rock, paper, scissors, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But I, can, I, can imagine, I can imagine Mourinho wanting to win that just because to be the first ever to win it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know him and his ego. He'd love to be the first one to claim that, put it on his shelf, right? Next to, next to all the bonsais. Oh, should I say that? No, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Jerry will love you for that one. Oh, I know, right? I know, right? Hey, I'm wearing a Roma Club DC shirt, so hey, I got to represent Roma a little bit, huh? Even though <laughs> thank them for the T-shirts and everything. Um, before we get before we get into who on couch, Twitter, thoughts on uh, Capo Canieri this year? Um Obviously, Ronaldo's out of the picture. He was my pick. He's gone, so I'm going to have to pick somebody else. Uh, last year, I picked Duvan Zapata. He didn't do so well. I'm going to have to find a new person here. Uh, what are your thoughts on who's going to be top goal scorer this year? I mean, it's kind of skewed from the way he started, but usually sorry strikers usually score a lot of goals. Yeah. Um, and then he had kind of a quieter 
yeah, like by his standards or his recent standards, it was kind of a quiet year for Immobile last year. So I feel like Immobile last uh, this year will uh, will bag it. That's not a bad shout. Not a bad shout. Uh, someone was saying uh, maybe Olivier Giroud would get an opportunity. Sylvester's up there in the goals. He's got two goals so far this year. I don't yeah. think he's going to make it. Uh, neither is Vera. Two Vera two is getting his goals this year. Um, Tabby Abraham is not a, as a bad shot. Osimhen's obviously one that many people are picking. Um, I'm, not to, yeah. I'm going to figure out who to pick here. The thing with Osimhen is he's going to go to Afcon. That's true. He's going to miss a, a lot of a lot of time, so that's going to hurt his chances there. So that's a that's a really great shot actually. Uh, so yeah, I, I'll, I'll figure something out here. I'll pick somebody here before the end of the Mercato here. Lautaro maybe. That is maybe Korea. Maybe Korea. Hamza says uh, Immobile forty goals this season. Whew. That would be impressive. Uh, 40, he thinks he's going to be top scorer, so hopefully at 40 is a top scorer, but you never know. Uh, with all the goals going in Serie A lately, you never know what's going to happen. So, uh, yeah, uh, interesting takes there. Uh, let us know at Serie A sit down your thoughts on uh, the last week of uh, action there and as well as who's going to be the top goal scorer in Serie A and then your thoughts on all the teams in Europe. How will they do? Will they win? Will they get out? Will it be laughing socks to be determined? Well, uh, we're going to get to uh, Who Won Couch Show Twitter. Obviously, we have one of Mr. Who Won Couch Twitter's here, guy constantly, constantly being uh, nominated here. I've got my, I've got my two, uh, two trophies back in the, in the, uh, in the, you know, this is the shelf there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to help me pick tonight. And, you know, maybe you're one of the ones that you pick yourself. I don't know. Uh, but let's see. Nah, uh, I'll pick myself. <laughs> <laughs> we're definitely going to need the help of the, uh, the people in the chat tonight to help us pick a winner tonight. So uh, starting off, we're going to go with Saviush Fala. He, it's uh, Mr. Inter, you know who he is very well. Uh, he says uh, Milan lost the best goalkeeper in the world and still has a better goalkeeper than Inter. Pain. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a pain you know. Too I'm well. not going to pick that one because it's just painful. Because <laughs> it's true. It's just true. <laughs> Sad but true, right? Uh, let's see uh, what we got here. Shavinsky, pretty, pretty much the same thing. Yep, it says Milan won having best goalkeeper and still have best goal. Yeah, okay. Uh, Magnon, yep, very good year uh, so far. Uh, this one, uh, this comes from uh, BL underscore 1897. Chesney, whenever he makes a goalkeeping error, he goes, He's done It's it happened again. again. <laughs> <laughs> you know the rest. That's, that's a good one. Oh, that's a good one right there. All right, let's see. Next one, it comes Ooh, from... Subway, uh, I like that one. <laughs> Subway's good, it is. Uh, at underscore FCIM says, uh, Ronaldo's Juve legacy will end up being Ajax, Lyon, Porto, and losing to Skidot to Reign to enter. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have a personal bias towards that one. <laughs> <laughs> Milan Weekly Podcast nominated Jan for this next one. It says, Jerry, I found your crest. And it's uh, Lazio <laughs> and Internazionale. Larnazionale. <laughs> All right, I like it. I like it. Creativity. All right, this one. Uh, <laughs> this one from Saturnion. One of the twins says, "Man City, the Maldini, Wee. when he offers for Bernardo Silva, five years long. Get out of here. Get out of here." Uh, that's good. That's good. All right, a Presidente says he nominates. Uh, so the original tweet came from Bianconetti's zone. Says Juventus are seriously considering going for Wetzel. Uh, should McKenny leave? And then uh, Martin V says. Juve replacing the most capable American since JFK with a Belgian Michael Jackson that rejected Juve in 2017 in order to go to China and eat some bats there. <laughs> That's rough. Napole- That's rough. Napoleonismo as usual. As usual. As usual. All right. Milan Weekly Podcast says, uh, Amazing that Lazio gear is also available at Walmart. They have the long short sleeve kiss. Great for the evening as well. Oh, I would not wear that. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry would wear that. Very Star Trekky. Jerry yeah. would wear that. 
Uh, let's see. We already did that one. We already did that one. All right. Nima. Now in this one, this comes from Zamboni. Uh, Nick Nick Sam. He goes, uh, Aaron Ramsey highlight 2021. <laughs> <laughs> in in <laughs> Yes, yes. That's a very good shot, too. That's a very good shot. All right. Let's see what we got here. Oh, this one's... Uh, can't show this one, so... Oh, well. Oh, well. It must have been good. All right, this one comes from George Russell Podium says, uh, Inter Madrid, they call in Group D the group of death, group of debt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, all right, all right. I like that one. All right, this one was nominated from me. Uh, I said maybe Stephen McManaman is trying to get into this uh, Who Won Couch of Twitter nominee here because he says Milan finished down the league in Serie A. Milan finished second last year. Stevie M doesn't really, I guess, follow Serie A. It's almost as bad as saying, uh, what was that quote from ESPN a couple years ago where they were making fun of Roma? I, I don't know. The pundits sometimes need it. They need to do better with their pundits. Yeah, C. McMahon. Especially the Premier League ones. Yeah, yeah, I know. Thierry Henry, he knows his stuff. But some of the other guys they bring up, they're not so good at their uh, their their history member there. So Atalanta, Atalanta was the one like, oh, what have they done? Oh, they've always been the best, <laughs> one of the best European teams of lately. Uh, close your eyes for this one because uh, Milan Ologi says, uh, Baka! <laughs> no, no, but y'all know the jersey. <laughs> Wait, you're going to have to explain that one to me. So these two held up a, an Acerbi jersey after the beef that they had in their game against Lazio yeah. several years ago. So now they're holding up Chalanolo, making fun of him, I guess. <laughs> well, good thing because it's got beef. Because it got beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he left and he's already throwing jibes at Milan, I guess. Uh, this was a funny one for uh, Maktarazzi. So, Ronaldo, I want to leave. You had this. <laughs> Wow, it's going to go loads. They got a 12k retweets for that. That's right. Well, when you when you mentioned the man there, of course, he's going to get a lot of retweets there. So yeah. that's a funny one there. Brian Johnson. So says, uh, what's the original tweet? The original tweet was, oh, that was that tweet. So Brian Johnson says, meanwhile, Milan, we want you to leave. Casillejo, you know what? I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not fucking leaving. This show goes on. <laughs> Castillejo, another bane of Milan existence. Oh, man, I heard he had to, he had to um, come off uh, social media because he was getting so much abuse. <laughs> Totti's armband getting the action says, Ronaldo's final appearance in Serie A will go down as a blowing 2 nothing lead to Udinese. Then taking his shirt off and going nuts to an offside goal like he won the World Cup. <laughs> Tears coming out. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Gianni with a nomination on that one. This one comes on from... Uh, Juventus, yeah, it changed their name to Juventus. Juventus TV will be streaming at Cristiano Ronaldo's free kick goals with Juventus tonight. Start at 12 o'clock and at 12.01. <laughs> this is my favorite till now. This is funny. This I, is like, very good. I like Cristiano Ronaldo free kick slander. <laughs> I enjoy that. <laughs> All right, this one is nominated. It says, uh, imagine spending 100 million on Jack Grealish, then missing out on Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo in the same window. <laughs> true oh, that, true that. True that. All right, this one comes in from uh, Divine Giallo Rossi. Remember when Ronaldo brought all those Champions League titles to Juve? That was awesome. <laughs> it was, it was. The old super. SNL kit there, or SNL skit, I should say. Hey, look, you get a nomination here. Dybala realizing he's allowed to take free kicks again. <laughs> oh, this one is only, it's only good if you have sound on, you know, playing. Yeah, the, yeah, I can hear it. You guys should listen to it. <laughs> Return up the Mac. <laughs> oh, that was great. All right, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Napolinissimo back at it again. 14 times possession loss. Wesley <laughs> Snyder. <laughs> oh, that's uh, that's good. That's good. All right. Inter Dave nominating. Uh, <laughs> this one's a good one, too. Alessandro Bastoni, the great one. I just tested positive for Korea 19. <laughs> Two goals. Hey, I, do, I do like that one. But, I do, too. You know, I do people too. are going to call me biased if I pick that one. 
<laughs> Napolinissimo was intimate this week. He says, don't cry because it's over. Cry because it happened. <laughs> oh, that's good. And then uh, how many? We got a lot this week. My goodness. Yeah, Frank must have uh, the notifications on for those for his tweets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Uh, at Big Mac underscore says, what does a Croatian frog say? Rebic, rebic, rebic. <laughs> I do like some rebic slander as well. Yep, <laughs> yep. Uh, Sean McIntosh getting the action says, Chiro has more goals and Juve has points in the table. That's true. That is true. Uh, let's see. This one was funny. Uh, someone pretending to be Andrea Pirlo <laughs> saying, miss me? <laughs> that was good. Uh, and then the last one for tonight, Michael Lisi coming in with, Chala no who? Yeah, that's a good good pun. Good pun. All right. Uh, okay, of all of them, who are you going with? Um, it's a lot of tough. I ones like there. I like the, the Ronaldo free kick one and the Korea nineteen. The Korea nineteen that was a good. One. There was one early on that was really funny as well. Uh, I can't remember that. This one was good as well. The one with uh, Ronaldo. Yeah. I want to leave and. Yeah, but he, he's got enough credit, you know. He's got he his twelve scary tweets. He does. He does. <laughs> this, I like this one too from Saturnion about you know kicking out oh, uh, yeah, Maldina. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was good. Oh, Chesney oh, one is pretty good. Yeah, Chesney one's good. Yeah, the Chesney one is good as well. I don't I'm, mind. You, you can pick out those those three. You can pick out those three. <laughs> I don't mind a little UV slander here and there now and then. So yeah, maybe I, I might have I to go with this one. I think. Yeah, because it's like because usually, all, usually Arsenal fans use this for when uh, Spurs, you know, mm. um, when Spurs do, you know, the Spursy thing. So it's quite nice, uh, quite fitting. I did it again. I did it again. You know, <laughs> you know the rest. <laughs> so okay, I think uh, it's gonna be unanimous in this one. It's gonna be um, the winner this week is BL underscore eighteen ninety seven Chesney. Whenever he makes a goalkeeping error. Watch the video. It's uh, it's funny. It's better with the sound on. Believe me. Uh, so that is our winner this evening. Uh, okay, that wraps this one up. We got someone in the comments here says the Instagram videos of Cristiano by Inter fans were next level. We need to get on the Instagram. Uh, who won Couch or Twitter there? Who won Couch Show Instagram? Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. We'll make it a thing there. So uh, he said I sent that video of the charm of Cristiano. <laughs> yeah, that was a funny one. That was a funny one. All right. So let's put a bow on this one, Uncle Sharma. It's your chance here. Uh, tell everybody, uh, plug yourself away and tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, no, if you type in Uncle Sharm on YouTube, you should find me. Um, and yeah, on Twitter at rsharms and on Instagram at the Uncle Sharma. So yeah, into content, into match reaction previews, but also serial content as well. Um, so yeah, check me out. Definitely check him out. You will not regret following him uh, with his constant uh, banter and uh, Who on Couch to Twitter nominees and obviously the great content he puts out both on uh, on Twitter but as well as on YouTube. Make sure you follow his page. We're going to put links on, uh, in our description when this podcast comes out. So definitely give him a follow. Thank you again for joining us tonight, for being my co-host in Frank's absence. Frank, hope you're feeling better. Yeah. Uh, it's international break, so we won't be here next week more than likely. Uh, I'm going to take a little vacation before the the, the international break is over. So uh, you can follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. You can follow Frank FTC, at FTC underscore 21. And make sure you know you follow us on YouTube. Click, click, click like, and leave <laughs> comments. Uh, subscribe to our page. And then, as always, you can follow our podcast anywhere that streams music. Uh, and definitely, again, as I said, follow Uncle Sharma. He is a must-follow there, too. So for Uncle Sharma, for Frank, for myself... Uh, thank you, ragazzi, and we'll catch you next week. Ciao.